Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The U.S. Market Update with Money FM 89.3. All right, folks, here's a look at how markets are shaping up, and we've got Wall Street in the green. In fact, the SP 500 hitting a new high after gaining 2.1%, closing at 5,087, its best day since January 2023. The Nasdaq Composite was the best performer, advancing 3% for its best day since February 2023, closing at 16,042. The S&P 500 was at 5,087. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up 1.2%, or around 450 points. That closes at 39,069, so surpassing 39,000 for the first time ever. So for more insights, we're joined by Rick Bension. He is the president for InTheNoTrader.com. Rick, thanks for joining us on the show today. Good morning. How are you? I'm great. Rick, hope you're doing well. And we've got lots to talk about, lots helping to support markets and a lot of interesting moves. And one thing that seems to be overlooked quite a bit is how bond yields have surprisingly moved higher this year. So I'm looking at a 10-year bond yields now at 4.3 plus percent. That is a near three-month high. So where did the street get it wrong? Oh, the street got a lot wrong this year. Most notably is the bond market. Coming into 2024, the biggest consensus macro um, idea on the street was that yields would fall and fall sharply this year. Seven price cuts were, were already priced into Fed Fund Futures, and virtually everyone you spoke to was bullish bonds. In the very first week of January, I cautioned my clients that I had not seen such consensus on a macro idea since going into 2017. When Donald Trump won the election in November of 2016, the dollar flew from election day into December 31st. And going into 2017, the street was hugely bullish the U.S. dollar for that year. In the first week of January, in fact, I think it was actually the first trading day of the year in 2017, the dollar printed the highest price for the entire year. The street was dead wrong. And this is something I warned my clients in the first week of January because it was the first time in several years I had seen essentially the same type thing, just how much of the street was so sure Bonds were going to rally this year. And look, every bond buyer this year is underwater. And I have institutional clients as well as retail clients that come through the In the No Trader Mm. website. I I will tell you that uh, institutional portfolio managers in the fixed income side are besides themselves because they have been so wrong this year. Credit spreads continue to fall. Um, they are trading down to cyclical lows. And if you look at the ICE B of A spread between a basket of U.S. Treasuries and a comparable basket, uh, maturity-wise, of triple B corporate bonds, uh, triple B or better corporate bonds, you are only now something like seven basis points above the all-time low that that spread has ever traded. 
So that is certainly indicating a very good environment to own stocks and no particular stress in the system whatsoever. Yeah, we started a year with expectations that we might get rate cuts in March and then things started to get down back a bit then to May. Now in June, where do you think these rate cuts are going to come and to what extent will we see them this year? I think if they come, they probably don't come until fourth quarter. And I'm not sure if, if we start getting an uptick in inflation, which very well could happen given the enthusiasm that we're seeing in the stock market and people willingly spending money again. It's very possible the Fed barely does a thing this year. And, and I think the shift in what's going on now is that investors, and this again is a change from how they thought going into January 1st, mm. I think investors are starting to get more comfortable with the idea that you can still have a good economy, in fact, a humming U.S. economy, along with higher rates, because what we're considering higher rates, you know, if you're a 30-year-old, you're seeing rates that you've never seen before. And a 7% mortgage on a 30-year fixed is something that, like, blows your head away because a couple years ago, you could have gotten this for 3%. But if you're an old guy like me who's been around a long time in the markets, I remember when some people thought a 10% mortgage rate was a bargain because in the 1980s, you were at 12% or higher. So seeing a 7% mortgage rate, although maybe shocking to young people and first-time buyers, all we're doing is making our way back to longer-term equilibrium prices. And I think investors are starting to now understand rates are going to stay higher for longer, and you're going to have to get used to 6 7 and 8% mortgage rates, and that will be the norm for whatever the current economic phase we're in. Yeah, that's a very interesting point. Um, the new generation not seeing what you've seen in the past. And worth noting, in the 1970s, we saw rates at 20% at some point. So it's quite interesting times how things have changed. All right, talking about what's in store in the future, we've got the equity space on a bit of a bull run almost with AI stocks bouncing. And you've got the economy doing well. What's the playbook going into the rest of the year? Because you've got these momentum stocks and then you've got your value stocks. Where do you allocate your money right now? I think you've got to stay at least a significant portion in the large cap. In fact, even in the mega large cap, because that is what is driving the market. You need to be in tech. You certainly, these days, there's very little reason to be in utility stocks and REITs. The smaller parts of the market kind of stay smaller, and the larger parts just keep getting bigger. So Mm. generally, I continue to allocate to the bigger pieces, uh, the bigger sectors in the S&P. Healthcare has been, um, I think, probably one that has, it, it had a great 2022 in relative terms. It had a horrible 2023. It's trying to hang in there this year, but versus tech, tech is the future. It continue, it, it has been, it is, it will be. And I, I think you've got to understand that the desire to go into small caps is getting reduced, especially if rates, the U.S. tenure stays above 4%, the likelihood that the Russell 2000 names are going to come back in any type material way is greatly reduced. 
because small companies can't afford the higher rates. Apple can, Meta can, mm. NVIDIA can, all these mega companies can deal with higher rates. Um, and so many, if you, if you take a look at Apple, I don't remember what the last figure is, but the amount of cash Apple has, they don't need to borrow money. NVIDIA's market cap is now bigger than, I believe, the entire country of Canada's GDP. It's astounding. But transfer that into thinking about the market and small caps, which a lot of people have moved into small caps this year, thinking especially that rates were going to come down. Well, if they don't, I don't think IWM, the, the Russell 2000 ETF, which a lot of people play to get exposure to the Russell 2, it, it may move up, but it, it's not going to what you're seeing on the large cap, you know, whether you're in the S&P or you even think about the MAG7. Got to have exposure to those big super cap names. And we're on a pretty good run. It's now worth more than Amazon as well as Alphabet. So lots to watch out for in terms of how much more NVIDIA can run. Well, in conversation with Rick Benzion, he is the president for InTheNoTrader.com. Rick, thank you so much for your time today and your insights as well. Hope to catch up with you again soon. Sounds good. Have a great day. Thanks for having me. Have a great day too, Rick. All right, say Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.